Hello and welcome to Lessons My Patients Taught Me. This is Dr. Elliot Davidson, family doctor. This is lesson number 20, The Perfect Treatment Can Be the Enemy. It's been a couple of months since I made a podcast. It's been a busy couple of months. I missed you. I don't know if you missed me or not. On this podcast, we talk about important and instructive lessons I learned from my patients over the last 37 years in medical practice. But let me just say it's great that spring is finally here. Oftentimes, this podcast is about something that happened a long time ago. This one is based on something recent, raw, and about which I am still hurting. It will show you that I'm still learning from my patients. In medicine, if you're paying attention, the learning never stops. Sometimes I fear that I think I've learned enough. I've reached the stage where, as the great Akron cardiovascular surgeon William Failer once told me, you get so sharp you cut yourself. Well, this lesson reminds me of that. No matter how long we're in this business of family medicine or medicine in general, the flow of wisdom never really stops, and mistakes are still our best teacher. We hear this all the time, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. It's true in legislation, it's true in office workflow and policy, and it's true in many other areas, and I found it's also true in medical care. Let me tell you about a patient I will call Joe. Joe was a burly, unassuming man who was really the backbone of his family. He was always worried about someone else, his mom, his kids, his uncle, his grandkids, he had some health problems, but he did not always give them his highest priority. One day in 2015, he showed me a mole in his abdomen, which was very concerning. He had all the signs of a malignancy, a symmetry, which means it's different from one side to the other, irregular border, variable color, and a large size being over two centimeters. I was concerned about it. I advised him to get a biopsy right away, which he agreed to, and it turned out to have severely dysplastic or precancerous cells. I told Joe it needed to be removed as soon as possible. I referred him to a surgery clinic as it was a bit bigger than I could handle in my office, likely needing a wide excision. He was scared of the pain of the procedure, but after my assurances, agreed to make an appointment to have it removed. Joe had a family history of melanoma, and I impressed upon him the importance of removing the lesion promptly. He seemed to understand. But the next time I saw him, a few months later, he had not made an appointment with the surgeon. He gave me some excuse, and he promised to make an appointment. I saw him back every three months for the next few years, and the conversation was remarkably the same. Me scolding him for not getting it removed, him promising to do it soon, me referring him to surgery clinic, offering to set up the appointment, only for me to be disappointed the next time when it was not accomplished. This process unbelievably went on for four years. I always believed his promises. I, I think he actually believed them too. To this day, I'm not sure why he never followed up. Perhaps a combination of fear and denial and distraction. Joe worried about taking time off work. He thought nothing bad would really come of waiting. I'm not certain why I did not just excise it. I could have. It was bigger than I was comfortable with. We could have gotten to some bleeding issues. The scar was likely going to be very unsightly, but I could have done it. The fact was there were better trained people with better equipment to do this procedure, and there was really no good reason it couldn't get done with them. I had the perfect treatment for him, if only he would go. Finally, 
In 2019, a doctor with excellent surgical training joined our office and agreed to do the excision assisted by a resident, and I mainly observed. This time, the pathology came back as I feared, melanoma. He then agreed, finally, to see a general surgeon and have an even wider excision. That showed no residual tumor. The surgeon also did what's called a sentinel node biopsy. That's when they remove the lymph node, most likely to show spread to see if any local metastasis has occurred. The lymph node showed no metastasis. Joe and I celebrated. We thought we had dodged a bullet. To be safe, we sent Joe to an oncologist to see if any further recommendation or monitoring was necessary. Since the sentinel node was negative, nothing else was recommended. Joe and I thought we got lucky. We thought that the delay had made no difference. But melanoma can be a nasty, evil cancer. And this year, in 2022, it came back. It came back with a vengeance in Joe's lungs and in his bones. The last time I saw him, just a few weeks ago, I sent him to an oncologist to see what they could do. Joe was not angry. He was actually pretty matter-of-fact. He said, I wish I'd listened to you and got that thing out earlier like you told me. Yes, I said, I wish you had too. Joe died quickly, likely losing a few decades of life for his delay in excising that lesion. It broke my heart because I knew I could have pushed him harder. Ultimately, people are responsible for their own choices. I understand that. But I chose the better treatment, the quote, perfect treatment for Joe. And after his second refusal or delay in treatment, I should have known to do it myself. He could have lived with an unsightly scar for a few decades. Have you had a case like Joe's? You go for the best treatment and the outcome is not what you hoped? Perfectionism in life can cause a lot of issues. We see this all the time causing depression, anxiety, and OCD when people's expectations for themselves cannot live up to the reality. I wanted to share this case because it taught me that there are times when a good treatment is better than the best treatment if it is the one you can actually accomplish. Of course, I've run into this before. I have diabetic patients that would be much better controlled with an insulin pump or five shots of insulin daily, but refuse to do more than two shots a day. The control they have is okay, but it's not optimum. I'm sure each specialty has their own situations where this comes into play. Here is the lesson. You have to listen to the patient, understand what they can do and what they can't do. And while you're at it, give yourself the same courtesy. Thanks for listening to Lessons My Patients Taught Me. This is Dr. Elliot Davidson. I'm really interested in your feedback. Please send it to me on Facebook, on Twitter at LDavidson1, or on the Anchor app with a voicemail. Until next time, stay healthy out there.